The following podcast is a Next Level production. Welcome to another edition of the Spotlight Series here on Wilhelm. And I'm doing something a little different this time. You know, ordinarily, when I do these Spotlight uh, session editions of this podcast, I have conversations with people in the entertainment industry, you know, such as actors, directors, producers, writers. And it's usually to promote projects that they're working on or projects that they've done or just talk career, which has happened more times Not that I like to admit, but actually I love to admit, Um, you know, but however, this time again, my guest is here because there's there's been some allegations against him as of late. And he basically just wants to tell his side of the story and move on from everything. And as somebody who has a platform such as this podcast, who am I to not give someone that opportunity when when they need it. So my guest uh, is a talent manager. He's a producer and a speaker. Brad Lambert, welcome to welcome to Wilhelm. Hey Ben, thanks a lot for having me, man. Yeah, you know, so like I said, I mean, this is a it's it's an interesting situation because I I, I don't follow the TikTok realm of things. Sure. You know, when it comes to s- social media influencers, there's a couple people I follow on Instagram. There's of course. a couple people I follow on on YouTube, but I I've I've reinstalled and deleted the TikTok app so many times on my phone. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a legitimate reason to as yeah, of late. That is true. Um, you know, but it's it's as I mentioned, there's been some interesting allegations that have been made against you. I want to give much. you the opportunity to clear the air about everything and tell your side of the story. I mean, because if we've learned anything as of late with a pretty high profile trial that's been Very happening much. over yeah. the past couple of weeks, there are at least two sides to every story sure. and both sides deserve to be heard. I mean, it's, it's I, yeah. fair and yeah. representative like that. So I agree. Before we get into that though, tell me a little bit more about you. Like, so tell me what exactly do you do? How long have you been, uh, how long have you been doing it? Like what, what do you do that kind of got us to this point? Sure. So uh, I originally started out in the sports industry um, working with professional athletes, sports teams, agencies. Um, I, uh, growing up, I had two major passions and that was sports and entertainment, film, TV, gaming, et cetera. So, uh, I kind of chased my passions for sports initially. And this started like my junior, senior year of high school, where I started to get connected with professional athletes over in Pittsburgh. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. So nice. go okay. Steelers. Uh, so oh, I'm in Philly. You might've said we might have to disconnect right now. <laughs> Let's go pens. Um, but, uh, but no, we, you know, I, I got connected to a lot of those athletes and started to really help them, uh, with social media. Uh, that was kind of the value that I brought to the table because a lot of these guys didn't really fully understand Facebook when it launched and how they could utilize it to build their brands, both for success now and in the future. Mm-hmm. So very early on, uh, like I said, when I was still like a junior, senior in high school, I started working, working like this was great experience for me at a very young age to, 
uh, associate, be around these high profile individuals, these high profile brands, companies, organizations, and, uh, you know, really build a reputation for myself. And uh, at, at its core for me, man, it's all about providing value. If you look at my content for the last 10 years, um, I, I'm the same person. Uh, at my core, it's I, I want to improve the lives of the people around me. I want to enter every room and bring value into every room that I go into. Um, I'm, I'm a problem solver. So if you need me to build a deck, I'll build a deck. If you need me to accompany you to a photo shoot so you feel comfortable with the male photographer, I'm going to do that too. Um, it doesn't matter what the value is, but I'm going to try to bring it. So, you know, your life is better either personally or professionally or both. Mm -hmm. um, so in the sports space, that's kind of where I kind of started and, and that grew uh, worked with a marketing company all through college, which was great experience because I was essentially full-time at school and full-time with a, a, a legitimate agency, which uh, serviced a lot of clients in the New York City area. So I was sitting in Fortune 500 boardrooms when I was, you know, early 20s in college. And, and that was, once again, incredible experience, kind of putting my feet to the fire, learning by, you know, trial by fire. And, uh, you know, back then, you know, I had a boss who I, I love to this day, still a good friend of mine who instructed me at that time to just sit there and shut up and, and soak up everything and learn as much as humanly possible. And I would walk in these rooms and, and these executives would be like, who is this guy? He's like the, uh, a silent assassin. He's not saying anything, you know? And that was kind of the running joke with us, but, um, but that was great experience for me to continue to build. And I, I really uh, channeled my inner entrepreneur you know, really trying to find myself and and what made me happy and where my skill set was and is, um, and then you know wrapped up college and and worked with a couple brands and agencies and and organizations still in the sports space and then I had the opportunity to come out to Los Angeles and that was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, I met an incredible man by the name of Jimmy Rich, who unfortunately passed away last year uh, in a tragic car accident. He was truly one of the best people I've ever come in contact with. He had the biggest heart out of anyone. Uh, he would give you the shirt off his back. I mean, the last time he had, he would open any door he could for you. And uh, we we connected because he was a Steeler fan, oh, a Pittsburgh boy. fan. So, you know, us Pittsburgh people got to stick together. So we we really bonded, man. It was a brotherhood based on that. And, and uh, he opened a door for me. He's, he saw something in me. He, he, he saw the potential. He knew who I was as a person. And he opened a door for me to come out and, and hit the ground running in Los Angeles with Robert Downey Jr. and his team. And it was a short-term opportunity, a shotgun intro to the in industry opportunity, uh, just to get my feet wet and learn as much as I could from his team. And uh, I will never forget that. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And that was used as a platform to jump to the next opportunity, which is Warner Brothers. Uh, that was a blast. I loved my time there. I learned a lot. And I really found myself as a producer there uh, when I'm, you know, given a, a lump sum budget for a campaign and I have to negotiate rates with agencies and, and, and brands to get the, the assets for these campaigns. And I was very good at it. Um, I'm sure the agencies didn't like negotiating with me, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it was my job to, to get what I needed for the lowest amount of money mm -hmm. possible. Uh, and I loved it. I mean, it was, uh, I got to, you know, scratch the creative itch, so to speak, and still have that business foundation there. So, you know, uh, I was there for a few years, then left, and then I've kind of been independent ever since. And it's been a variety of different things that I've kind of been involved in from producing things from social media campaigns to, 
you know, uh, uh, video assets used for like commercials and social stuff to helping with music videos over the years and, um, content for athletes and, and influencers. And, you know, that producing element, like I said, is a perfect mix of, uh, you know, the creative side and the business side. And, you know, I, I worked on a film, which was amazing. And that's definitely something I'm prioritizing moving forward. I have a bunch of projects right now that I'm trying to get off the ground and get moving, but it's very hard when you're an independent producer. Um, you don't necessarily have a studio budget that you have to work with. So you have to find, you know, the independent financing and, and things of that nature to get a project up off the ground. And that's very difficult. So uh, that's been a, a quite the journey on that end. And then you know, the management side, you know, going back to my days in the sports space, I kind of served as a marketing manager for a lot of these athletes and figures in that space, um, helping them with, with brand deals and social media activations and endorsements and, uh, public appearances and social media content and shoots of that nature. So I originally wanted to be a sports agent that I, I, I fell in love with the movie, Jerry Maguire in high school. And, uh, I really resonated with Jerry because, you know, you had Jerry and you had Bob Sugar and Bob Sugar was all about the money. He didn't care about who the athlete was. He didn't care about his family. He didn't care about his personal life. All he cared about was how he performed on and off the court. Mm -hmm. And uh, if he retired, got hurt, whatever, Bob Sugar was on to the next one. And that that's just not who I am. I resonated with Jerry on on how he looked at people as family, as friends. Uh, he he didn't look at them as a number on a spreadsheet. He looked at them as actual human beings who have actual lives. Um, and I resonated so much with that. And that's what I think got me into the sports space. And I was going after being an agent, but at the time, the rules and regulations, you had to have like a master's degree um, and, and a legal you know, uh, license actually being an attorney. So I was not going to do all that. So I kind of took a few steps down and became more of a marketing manager, so to speak, and, and helped any way I could with these guys. And I still got the same buzz of, of being around them and helping them on and off the field. And, you know, the, the main thing that I can say is over the years, you know, I've, I've known people since like 2005, 2006, you know, fast Willie Parker with the Pittsburgh Steelers, two-time Super Bowl champion, longest run in Super Bowl history. Uh, one of the best guys I've ever met. And, and to this day, we are incredibly close. Um, this wasn't a short-term relationship to where when he hung up the cleats, I never talked to him again or never cared. I, you know, I met him when I was, I think, 16 or 17 um, and, uh, I'm uncle Brad to his kids today. So I, I, when I build a relationship with someone, it's, it's genuine, it's authentic. It's, you know, I want to be around people who I admire and who inspire me and, uh, the people that I associate with or call friends or work with or collaborate with. Those are people that I admire, whether it be who they are as individuals, what their skill set is. Uh, I, I find people fascinating. And I think that's why I, I have had a very interesting life and how I've been able to jump in different industries and, and work with all different caliber of people. But at my core, it's it's adding value. And you know, if you enter a room and you have your hands out asking for stuff, it's just not going to pan out. And, and that's how I've been able to get to where I am today because every room that I walk into, I'm offering to help. I'm offering to add whatever value I can. And, you know, when you do that consistently, your phone will always ring. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of where I'm at today, where it's, you know, as a manager, quote unquote, uh, consultant, whatever you want to call it, I, I find people that are underutilized potentially. Um, I look for, you know, aspects in the industry where there's a gaping hole 
where I see, oh, this person would be perfect for this opportunity or their skill set would be perfect for this opportunity. And I kind of spearhead that and kind of champion them and that situation and hoping that they can benefit and grow and develop in that space. Um, Yeah, I I guess you could say it's the quote unquote eye for talent. Um, I've always been raised and and lived life to to see the best in people. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there come a lot of uh, disappointment with that because, you know, when you're looking at a situation and you're really trying to, I believe in this person, or ah, I really think, you know, there's good stuff to be had here. Um, you, you kind of let your guard down and, and you ignore, you know, signs or, or aspects that you should, but nobody's perfect. And, and I think that's where I've been very grounded in that sense where, you know, you see people, you see their weaknesses, you see their strengths, you see their insecurities, you see their fears. And, you know, I'm no different than you and you're no different than me. That's a fact, you know, mm-hmm. celebrities are no different than us. They just have more high profile lives than we do. Um, but I think it's important that, you know, uh, I, the world is lacking tremendous empathy today, understanding. Um, we don't listen to understand. We listen to respond. Uh, it's a very reactionary uh, world and society that we live in, especially with social media. Yeah. I was and, just going to say the same thing. I mean, social media has really changed the way everybody looks at a lot of different things in yeah. this world. And, and you're absolutely right. Everything is very reactionary now where we're looking. I mean, just the fact that Facebook adds a shocked face or a wow <laughs> face to respond to certain things. Yeah. I mean, I'll freely admit I've used it. Of course. But, you know, the fact that we have to add those things because people post things for shock value or, uh, you know, you're right. It's become a very reactionary society as of late. And beyond that, it's become a very transparent society. And within reason, I think that's good. But I also feel like we are sharing far too much of of our lives, of things that should be private, uh, of situations that should be private and in years past were handled privately. But now I think a lot of people look at the situations and things in their lives and say, wait a second. I could post this and I could get a lot of attention because of this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's, that's not real life and it's not fair to you and it's not fair to the other person or people that you're talking about. And, you know, like breakups, for example, like, why does that need to be announced why does that have to, to the be public? Yeah. You exactly. know, like no one, like at the end of the day, no one cares, but that's the world we live in. You know, reality TV has, is bringing that to the forefront and social media where it's like, Ooh, how can I get the most clicks? How can I get the most attention? How can I get the most uh, validation from these followers that I have? And, you know, the attention seeking that this culture has, has kind of crafted is, is not healthy. And that's why a lot of people, you know, depression's at an all time high, uh, suicides at an all time high mental health is at all time low. Um, and social media at its core is, is a big part of that. Um, and I, for one have always used my platform to try to help, uh, spread positivity and inspiration and, and motivation because, uh, that's why I love being a speaker. If I can, you know, when I speak at a university, if I can say something that turns on a light for somebody and they are inspired to pursue their dreams or, you know, take on a, a project or, you know, just try, uh, and they end up succeeding, uh, and becoming the next, you know, Steve jobs. Uh, I mean, what more gratifying situation could you ask for? You know, like that's, that's what I love about the transparency and the opportunity that social media brings, you know, there's the, uh, 
informative side of social media, which is obviously great. But at the, at the second time, I think we've, you know, highlighted the worst aspects of Hollywood and entertainment where, you know, let's be real, the best aspects of Hollywood. I love this industry. I love the people in this industry. I love what this industry does, what it stands for, et cetera. Um, because at its core, it is the most creative, the most collaborative, uh, the most uh, intelligent, unique people coming together to make the most incredible things, uh, mm -hmm. TV shows, movies, uh, books, uh, video games, uh, plays, whatever. But like at its core, the best parts of this industry come from collaboration. <laughs> and to be clear, collaborating is when I bring something to the table, you bring something to the table and we collectively work together to accomplish a goal or a project. And I think that is lost in this space as well, because, you know, there is a lot of issues where the best parts of the industry are collaboration. The worst parts of the industry come from entitlement, arrogance, uh, ego, and at its core is me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you look at all the issues in Hollywood and that's, that's at its core, right? That's the issue. And, um, you know, I think that comes from once again, you know, narcissism, especially in Hollywood, I think is a massive problem. Uh, the grandiosity, the validation seeking, the dysregulation, you know, all these things that, you know, once again, social media has kind of poured gasoline on everything and made it, you know, people feel like, wow, I'm not enough. And I think that's really hard because I came out here. I'm a very grounded individual. I know where I stand in the grand scheme of things. I don't have an ego and I don't have an ego because I've had the opportunity to work with people like Robert. And when you work with someone of his stature and the likes of Gary Vaynerchuk, Lewis Howes, Tom Billy, Jay Shetty, you've been around these people, you know where you sit, you know, you know where the finish line is. Mm -hmm. So you can't have an ego when you've actually shared moments with these people and see what they do and what lives they live. Uh, so I'm very well comfortable with where I stand. I'm not trying to be better than anybody else other than myself. And that's what I strive to do on a daily basis. But I think a lot of people really get lost in feeling less than because when you first come out here, it's everybody comparing with everybody. And it's a very toxic industry because you'll go out to, to brunch and you'll be sitting at a table next to someone and they'll be like, I just got back from Spain and Italy and this on my private jet. And then I have this, this, and this, and, oh, I just flipped this for 200 grand. And if you're sitting there, you're like, wow, I suck, you know, but that shouldn't be the case. Making like, you feel less than yourself or, yeah. or less than making yourself feel like you have less value than you correct. Really should. I mean, correct. I mean, and you even like going back to the whole talking, doing it, you know, posting things on social media and things like that. Like I'll freely admit I was guilty of that myself. Everybody you know, is. Even when it comes to this podcast, like I would have phone conversations or emails back and forth with people who I'm setting up as, as a guest. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. I like about two years ago, I entered into like back and forth emails for a good couple of weeks to have Gordon Ramsay as a, as a guest Amazing. On the podcast. Yeah. And it never happened. It fell through, unfortunately, because he is an incredibly busy gentleman. Absolutely. But I was posting on Facebook about like how this is like, this is going to happen and everything. And then first off, when it doesn't happen, you feel like you're a failure, not only to yourself, but to everybody you were posting that. Correct. To, because now you feel like you've let them down when chances are they're not disappointed in the fact at all. And then, but at the same time, if you post something that you feel to yourself is big news, like I'm having Gordon Ramsay 
on the podcast, but then it doesn't get as many likes yeah. or loves as mm-hmm. you're expecting it to. Mm-hmm. You feel like then nobody cares and you're then disappointed in yourself. Even Correct. If it's something that was an achievement. Correct. I, and that that's a big issue in the space. Like I said, when I first came out here, you know, I, I was very focused career. I didn't care about fame. I didn't care about fortune. I wanted to build a foundation in this industry and I wanted to find myself in this industry. And uh, when I first came out here, it was just, you'd meet people and they would just brag about, you know, the money that they have, the, the, uh, experiences they have. And it's constantly a measuring contest amongst everybody. And like, you would try to go to a party and they'd be like, yeah, if you don't have 10,000 followers, you can't come in here. And like, you really look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, wow, like I'm worthless. But you know, once you snap out of that and realize that none of that shit matters, like at all, if social media disappears tomorrow, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the, the issue I see a lot of people having today where they have directly tied who they are as a human being to their social media, where social media is a tool and should be looked at as a tool, not who you are, because if you are directly tied to your social media and TikTok gets deleted tomorrow, who are you then? Are you honestly going to say that your entire being and, and, and your future is ruined because TikTok got deleted, which is still very much a possibility? You know, we, we had that issue a few years ago where, where Trump was trying to figure out because of the Chinese you know, connection with that. It's still very much a possibility. But that's why it's like using social media for whatever you can, when you can. If it goes away, it goes away. But well, you I mean, can't. If you invest too much into one platform, you know, as you mentioned with social media, I mean, like you said, it can go away at any point at any time. Yeah. It, no matter how popular how, how popular it seems. I mean, look at look at uh, MySpace from what a decade Vine. ago is a Vine exactly as another example yeah. of that. Um, you know, and there's been other platforms that people just they they were popular at the time. Everybody Clubhouse. on them. And then now that they're gone, nobody ever talks about them. Exactly. Because it's really not that important. Exactly. I mean, and I, like, I'll be perfectly honest. I've said this to a number of people that if it weren't for the fact that I do a lot of promoting of my episodes on Facebook and on Instagram, I wouldn't be on social media anymore. I said that last night. It, it, if it wasn't necessary for the field that I'm in and the business that yeah. I'm in, and I guess my purpose for how I use social media, you know, granted, of course, I, I would love to monetize it in a way, but it, it's done so in a tasteful way. And it's not... Uh, I, I, I've always hated the term influencer because generally most of those people are just people who just care about themselves and want to monetize their platforms you, for and themselves. You, and you mentioned a key word when it comes to how I feel about a lot of those influencers is entitled. Correct. And, yeah. and that's the issue where like with social media today, especially on TikTok, these individuals, you can have a six-year-old blow up on TikTok overnight for posting a funny video and then they have a, a immense wealth of, of opportunities and money and fame that come their way so quickly. And if you're not able to maintain the, the balance that's needed to survive that, you really get in a very dangerous level of arrogance, entitlement, and ego. And at that age, once again, social media disappears tomorrow. What do you have that, that, you, that you, at you your have, core? You have nothing yeah. to, to add to that value that you want Correct. to add. I mean, and you, I mean, we even talk about influencers and the and the sense of entitlement. I mean, the number of times I've read on articles online about how influencers will contact hotels and be like, hey, Correct. I'm an influencer. Will you let me stay here for free? No, Correct. I have a job to do. I need income. Correct. You're going to pay. 
Yes. You know, and it's that Correct. sense of entitlement. Well, the, the, the entitlement's really dangerous, uh, especially for the younger crowd, you know, the late teens, early twenties, you know, some of these kids didn't even go to college, which is fine. Uh, but it, it's more of the, the basis of living life. And, and you don't get that credibility or experience unless you take the time to do so. And that takes actual time. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't grow up overnight. You know, like I'm 33 and I'm still very much on my way. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a danger when you see these influencers. And I, I, I've always wanted to be a champion for these creators and influencers that I've, I've had relationships with and, and worked with and collaborated with because I know the pressures that they deal with. Yeah. I mean, it is a constant, like I feel so bad for them because they are so consumed with likes, shares, followers, and they don't care about anything else. Some of them truly care more about their followers than their actual friends and family. And, and when they don't get a video, like you mentioned, that gets a ton of likes or performs as well as they needed it to, they feel like crap. And, and the, the depression that some of my friends have faced and, and the, the anxiety that they deal with, you know, because not only are you dealing with the pressure of trying to perform uh, and get the likes and shares and numbers and analytics that you need to make a living, but also the, the hate and the criticism and, and the nonsense that you deal with every single day, which goes back to like what social media has created as a society, which is like, everybody can just say what they want when they want, and there are no repercussions. But now, now with the, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case, which we've seen, it's like, you know, slander and defamation have been really thrown into the forefront because this isn't high school anymore. Mm -hmm. This isn't the cafeteria where you're talking shit to your friends. Like this is real life. When, when you're in this space now, you're a grown up and you have to grow up and you have to understand that there are consequences to saying stuff that is not real. Uh, and slander is saying something that's knowingly false to hurt someone uh, professionally, personally, their reputation and their credibility. That's what slander is. Um, and when you say something knowingly false, uh, you're subject to litigation. And, and that's kind of the situation that I'm in now where I had a lot of slander and defamation thrown my way uh, by a young, a bunch of young kids uh, who frankly haven't been around long enough to, you know, understand uh, the business and what's yeah. right and what's wrong. And, you know, they are young, they are inexperienced and uh, they made mistakes. Um, but the impact of their actions has, it, it completely destroyed my life um, overnight, like overnight. And uh, that was uh, a unique version of hell that I would not wish on my worst enemy. Well, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, that is one of the main reasons why you're coming on here is to kind of, you know, set yeah. the record and, and talk about these, these allegations that were made from you. You know, a lot of this stems from an article from the rap where the rap.com, where, you know, somebody talked about all of these accusations that sure. were made against you yeah. uh, by, by these TikTok stars who you mentioned are very still new to the industry and probably don't know. Correct a lot of how it works. I mean, Correct. you said, you know, you're in your thirties, but you've been doing this for well over a decade at this point. Correct. I'm 42. I've been behind a microphone in some sense for probably close to 15 years. I love that, you know, at this point. And, you know, as you mentioned, like I used to be, when I first started, I wanted to get like a ton of listeners to everything. Of course, everybody but does. I'm, I'm now to the point where like, I just love doing this. Yeah. So if it's, if I get five listeners or I get 5,000 listeners to an episode, 
episode. I'm content. Like, I don't care. And yeah. if I if if I post something on Instagram about a guest that I had and it doesn't blow up, it I it doesn't bother me. Am I excited if my phone is blowing up with Instagram notifications? Yeah, I get a little excited. Of course, because it's attention. That, to, yeah, more to my podcast than sure. to myself. Yeah, you know. But you know, as you mentioned, these guys are still young to the industry. Probably don't know. I, I probably don't know exactly how it works. And they made these allegations against you. So what were some of these allegations that they made against you? You know, the majority of the allegations, I wouldn't even call them allegations. I mean, it, it was a very entitled narrative uh, where, you know, a lot of these these, you know, individuals were saying that I used them. And, and I want to talk about this because this is this is a major issue yeah, in yeah. space today. When, when you say someone uses you, that's coming from a very entitled place. OK, first off, and, and the people who have the biggest egos generally are the most insecure individuals because their ego has to overcompensate for their massive insecurities. Mm -hmm. And look, we always have I have insecurities, you have insecurities, but like that doesn't give us an excuse to be a horrible person. So like that, that just like, you know, I, I don't, I don't mess with that. I ego is one of my biggest turnoffs ever. Uh, I've never really wanted to be in that space or, or be that kind of person. And I don't associate with people who do. Um, but, you know, going back to that point of like using, okay, if I'm using you, okay, we'll, we'll give this as an example, you know, let, let's say you've lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know the ropes, you know the places, the hot spots, the restaurants, the bars, you know where to go, uh, the fun places to have a great weekend. Uh, you, you have a bunch of friends. You, you've been in the business for a while. You have great relationships in that space. And I move out, let's say, from Pittsburgh. I move, move out from Pittsburgh and I'm like, Hey Ben, you know, can, you know, show me around, man, show me around. And you show me all those spots. And then I'm like, cool. Like, you know, I, I don't know anybody. Can you introduce me to some of your friends, you know? And, and then, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And you introduce to people and you're even like, Hey, like, I, I know you don't know anybody. So here's this person, this person, I think you'll get along with that person. And then, you know, the business side of things, it's like, you know, I'm still trying to find my feet. Like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And then, you, you tell me, you teach me, you show me the ropes, you take me under your wing, you know, you do all these things for me. You help me move. You help me move in. You give me some of your stuff from your place. So my place isn't empty. You know, you give me some cool decorations, like you're providing so much value. Mm -hmm. And then once I get what I need, I cut you off, ghost you and move on with my life. That yeah, is I the def that's up, using up. Yeah. Cause up until that point, what you we're discussing what you were describing to me sounds like friendship. Oh, hold on, Ben. You that's know? a great, that's a great concept. Friendship, right? And what's funny. <laughs> what's funny is what I just described that whole situation was Matt Ramos. Okay. Who was one of the, who was one of the people that, that made the accusations? That was the situation to AT. I've been out here for seven years. He moved out here from Miami as an 18, 19 year old kid. And I took him under my wing. I helped him personally and professionally. He was, he was like my little brother. That's what people don't understand. In the article, he doesn't mention our friendship once, which I, I took to heart. Like that broke me because like, I loved that kid. He was my little brother. I wanted to do whatever I could to help him. I believed in him. Mm -hmm. And to be frank, I saw a lot of myself in him at that age. And, and I wanted to help him kind of ride the waves of, you know, certain elements. And, and I did, I helped him. 
Um, and to be frank, I wasn't really compensated for a whole lot of anything. And if, if I'm getting tagged in a video or, uh, posted to a story and and that's what we're upset about, you know, a year and a half afterwards, I mean, grow up, you know, like yeah. that is like, you're talking about friendship. Like if we're hanging out, I'm going to tag you. That's common decency. Yeah, and that, I do the same exact yeah, thing. If, it, I'm, <laughs> if, if I go somewhere with a bunch of people, I'm not just posting, you know, and we take a group picture. Yeah. I, I'm not just posting the picture. I'm tagging everybody in that picture because Correct. that's what friends do with one another. Like Correct. you share the experience, <laughs> even if they're not posting it themselves. Correct. And, and the other thing too, is when you know, like the person you're with or the person you're hanging out with, or even collaborating with that, like they're trying to build their platform for what they're trying to accomplish. That's more of a reason to help them. Like, because if I throw you up in my story or I even tag you in a post, that's not a guarantee that anybody's even going to give a shit. Right. Yeah. So like you're, you're, it's still up to the fans and the viewers to make that decision. So like, that's where I just kind of sit back and I'm like, at, at, at its core, this was friendship. I I never had a management agreement or a contract with him. You know, he needed help. And I, as a friend was there to help him in any way, shape or form. Um, The, the narrative in the article that I used him to go to premieres and, you know, this and that, I mean, I will say like he invited me as a plus one several times, but I also invited him as a plus one several times to other events, activations and premieres myself, Mm -hmm. but that's what friends do. So Ben, if I say to you, Hey man, I got an extra ticket to the Dodger game next week. Do you want to go? Yeah. You're like, hell yeah, man. Like, let's go have some fun. And then we go, we have hot dogs. We have some beers, maybe some popcorn, cotton candy. We see a great game. The pirates come back in the ninth and beat the Dodgers soft spot. Sorry. Um, but all right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm allowing it at this point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll take a part when any day. Right. So, but we have a great time. And then a year and a half later goes by and then you come back at me and you say, or I, I go at you and I say, Ben, you use me to go to the Dodger game. It's, it's, it, it's a ridiculous aspect of, of everything. I mean, <laughs> what? And, and I mean, and the accusation too of that using, you know, using their platform to better your image, which I know is some words that have been used in these accusations. Of course. It's like, look, if you're take, if you're looking at this, even if it's a friendship, but you're still in some sense acting in a managerial position to help him boost his career. Like what is wrong with you making new connections along the way as well? Because those are connections that at some point you can eventually share with him. Correct. Or other people that you are, that you are, you know, dealing with. Correct. I mean, I've I've worked with conventions and things like that, and I'm always the kind of person where I will make as many connections as possible. Yeah. At these connections, whether I'm working for the con or I'm covering a covering an event, yeah. if I meet somebody who is of some importance, whether it's a manager or a publicist or a handler of some kind, sure. If I have the opportunity to talk to them and get their information, I get their information. Of course, you know, it's not to better me, it's to better my product. And in in that sense, you know, even putting the friendship with Matt aside and looking at him as kind of like a client. Sure. I mean, it it kind of it, I guess it's a little demeaning to say he's a product, but in that sense, he kind of is and you're using your connections to better the product. Correct. Which and, is and what he is in that sense. Yeah, and 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 the other thing too with that is like once again th- this using, you know, using my skill set, using my platform, using this for his own personal gain. It's like I brought my 15 plus years of business marketing experience 
and, and my relationships out here in Los Angeles, my experiences out here in Los Angeles, both good and bad to the table to help guide everyone that I've assisted with. And, and well, let me be clear. There were five people in this article. Uh, one I worked with, with a contract three years ago. I haven't talked to him since. So for him to come out of the woodwork three years later, after thanking me publicly for everything that I did, I found pretty hilarious because if, if he was as upset as he is three years later, without me communicating with him in three years, like, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you, you say something? Then? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you end the relationship and say all this shit then? But you didn't because this is all BS, um, you know, and, and, and I care about all these people. That's the sad thing. Like I championed them. I, I, I love them as a friend and, and I really held them near and dear. Cause like, if I'm quote unquote working or collaborating with someone, I, I have a genuine connection with them and, and I care for them on a, on a deep personal level, like Jerry Maguire. Uh, because if I don't like you, I'm not working or collaborating with you. That's just who I am. Respectfully, wish you the best, go your separate ways. I'll help you if I can, but I'm not going to be devoting 24 hours a day service of, of help to you for your, your stuff. Uh, it's yeah. just how it is. So the people in this article, like I said, the one from three years ago, I haven't talked to him in three years. I, I, I think he's one of the most talented artists I've ever met. I, okay. And, I, I was wondering and, if that's who you're talking about. I know yeah. what you're talking about. And, now. and, and I wish him all the best, but like three years have passed, like move on, man. Like, you know, I moved on. Uh, and, and I don't know why he felt the need and urge to get involved, especially when frankly, all the stuff that he said, I had evidence to prove otherwise. Um, you know, and I have come out and said that it is apparent that I misunderstood the Talent Agency Act, which is known to be uh, difficult to understand and very blurred, especially with the new wave of social media talent and influencers. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact I'm not the only person uh, in the industry who's unlicensed who is doing these kind of services. Um, so, you know, that's a lesson on me and, and a mistake on my part. And uh, I will deal with whatever consequences come my way. But also, you know, the money that I've made in the last few years, you know, year and a half working with Matt and Taya and these individuals, like I didn't make a whole lot of money. So, you know, that, that's the thing. It's like, it'd be one thing if I was making 200, 300 grand and, you know, driving around in my new Tesla, you know, and have my new condo in DTLA. That's, yeah, that's I, another thing. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be something completely different if you were working with Matt and Matt on his own makes a connection to somebody of a, of a great importance. Let's say just using, I mean, no, you already have a relationship with him, but let's just use Robert Downey Jr. as an example. Sure. He makes that connection with Robert Downey Jr. And he does it on his own, but then you come in and use your relationship with Matt to kind of take advantage of that connection. Sure. And, and you end up doing a project with Robert without Matt like that I can understand and sure. kind of look at that situation as in like okay you know Brad used me for the connection for Robert Downey Jr. I, and I could see that but it doesn't sound like that's the case at all no. and, and even going back to something that you mentioned earlier with the word collaboration about how yeah. one person brings something to the table somebody else brings something to the table and you put it together and you work on it together it sounds also just from what I'm getting from your side of the story is that Matt and a lot of these other people don't realize that in addition to projects, business relationships are also collaborations. Correct. You know, and it sounds like that's something that kind of they don't they kind of missed 
and they don't understand. Yeah. Because just in the sense that they're making these accusations that, that you're using them, well, they're kind of using you in the same sense. We're, we're using each other. Exactly. Like that's what collaboration is. And that that at its point, like I said at the start of this conversation, is a big issue amongst those individuals because if we have a very symbiotic relationship, I'm adding value, you're adding value, we're winning together. Mm-hmm. And that relationship ends, that's because one side believes they're bigger and better than the other. Period. Yeah. Like that, that's what happens. Like one side believes that I don't need this person anymore. Peace. And they're done and they leave. And I wasn't the one who ended the relationship. So, like, that's, I mean, clear as day, crystal clear. Like, I don't know what more evidence we need from that situation, but. You know, it, it's it's something that was was like losing a loved one. Like I felt like my my little brother died. Like it, he ghosted me overnight, uh, ignoring every outreach that I had from text to DMs to emails. And then it was like pet cemetery. Like a few days later, he's out sending emails to brands and connections that I have, slandering my name everywhere. And I was just like, it's like he died, came back to life, and was trying to ruin my career. You know, and that, that, you know, it it was tough to get those calls from people like, what the heck is going on, man? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you know, Matt's sending these emails and Taya's sending these emails and they're saying this, that, and the other about you. And I'm just like, man, like there was no communication and and a relationship is not going to be successful if the communication is horrid. And, and in this situation, like I'm a communicative person, uh, communication, speaking, talking is my is my probably best skill set. And it's hilarious in the article. They, you know, they try to paint me as a mumbling, bumbling fool. And Ben, I mean, we've talked for, you know, 40 minutes now. And I think you, you can don't come see, across. No, you come yeah. across incredibly eloquent in your words. Thank you, you, sir. You know what you want to say, and you're very clear in how you say it. Yeah. But I mean, in the same sense, too, like as you mentioned, like with a relationship, it's it's it has to be both sides have to be communicative. Correct. With it. But at the same time, relationships also they don't work if only one side is committed as correct well. not just communicative 100 committed to it um you know and that goes for any relationship whether it's business romantic it doesn't matter both correct. sides have to be committed to it correct for it to be to work and be successful and and i want to go back to what you said earlier like you know if, if there is a situation where let's say i bring an opportunity to someone once again that in itself is value if i'm bringing an opportunity for you paid or otherwise that's value, right? So yeah, if the project doesn't have a budget, you have to make a decision, but you make that decision. If you're going to take the opportunity to, to build the relationship with the individual that the opportunity is with, amazing. That's value. That's opportunity that could lead to 15 other things for you, right? But once again, when you get in the very entitled mindset, like I deserve X, Y, Z, if you don't want to work for free on a project that doesn't have a budget, then don't do the project. Then say no, exactly. Yeah, say no and and move on. If you don't like the budget that is brought to the table, then say no and move on. But if you agree to do something verbally and or signing a contract, you can't then be mad about it three years later. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. So like, I, I feel like the 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 very entitlement element of of this situation is is that one of the biggest problems where you know a group of friends kind of got together because frankly Matt and Taya are very close uh, Charmian Lee who is the Singapore scion that was uh, sort of anonymously mentioned in that 
you know, she, she was friends with them. Uh, Straw Hat Goofy, who was, I, I believed a, a friend of mine, someone I really respected in the space was went in on this article anonymously. And I know it's him based on what I saw and what the journalist said to me. So, it, you know, all these people are friends. So, you know, the narrative in, in the Twitter sphere right now of like, oh, all these people share the same sentiment and whatever. Well, yeah, because they're all friends and they're all kind of got together on this. And frankly, they're all very entitled. So they all share the same thing where it's like in the moment, if you agree to do something right, if we're collaborating and say, hey, I have the opportunity for you to shoot a promo piece for this blockbuster film. I It, it just happened. It's in the ninth hour. Do you want to do it? Yes or no. Is there a budget? No. I, I'm going to do what I can for you. But like. There's no budget. I'm, I'm going to see where the wiggle room is. But at its core, you get to shoot a promo piece for advertising purposes for one of the biggest movies of all time. Yes or no? And you say yes, and you do the work, and you promote it, and you're very excited and whatever. But then, like, three years later, you're upset that Tom Holland didn't tag you in the piece that you did. Like, why on God's green earth would Tom Holland tag you? Like, I wasn't tagged and I was part of it. Did I think that I was entitled to being tagged? No, because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This isn't a collaboration with your buddies shooting a music video and they tag you directed by so-and-so like this is a promo piece for a multi-billion dollar studio and you're in your early twenties and you were thrilled to have the opportunity, but now you want to come out and complain that you weren't tagged and you weren't compensated when to be frank, I took you to the far from home premiere Right after that. So, you know, very interesting selective storytelling. And this isn't uh, for to be clear, this isn't anyone that was in the article, but it's more of the the little army that they're putting together behind the scenes in social media of people who are apparently all sharing the same experience with Brad Lambert. But Ben, I wanted to say this, too. Mm -hmm. There is never a line of people out the door who is bragging about how amazing Ben Beck is. But the second somebody has anything negative to say about Ben Beck oh, at any capacity. It's a it is, it is wrapped around the building, like in and out. Yeah. Okay. And, and that once again, as a society is really messed up. I mean, I'm a little offended that you don't think there's a line of people that are there to praise <laughs> me, but I mean, you're, I mean, no, but you're absolutely right. It's one of the reasons why um, like, I, I'm going to use this as an example and it's kind of a, a little departure from what we're talking about. Sure. But like, for example, I, I just recently purchased a new car. And congratulations. Thank you. I mean, it's a new used car, but still new to me. So that's all that matters. Amazing. You know, and when I was doing my shopping and I'm looking at different brands, you have all these people that are coming out and saying, oh, don't buy this and don't buy this because this is what goes wrong and this is goes wrong. It's because, well, it's like, yeah, you're hearing the one story out of 100 of something, but you're not hearing the other 99 people that enjoy that car because nothing is wrong with it. I mean, Correct. if that's the case, I could give you something wrong with every single make and model of car as 100%. a reason as to not buy it. 100%. But it's you're, you're right. I mean, in the sense of what you're talking about, it's the negativity that gets amplified yeah. a hundredfold over the positivity. I Always. Mean, and, and looking at the entire situation, just from your point of view and from what I have read about the situation, there are a number of red flags that kind of stand out. As you mentioned, everybody who's made these accusations are a close-knit group of friends. Correct. That's kind of a red flag because if these accusations were true, you'd probably hear it from other people outside of that circle. Correct. 
And the fact that when I did my research and I looked online to see if these accusations are being mentioned anywhere else, like any other media outlets are covering this story, it's just the one. Correct. The rap is the only one that covers this story, which makes me think they might have been the only ones that listened. Uh, and, and you know what, Ben, like to be to be real, the dialogue, the narrative, the discourse on social media lasted a grand total of two to three days. And if this was a real issue, it would have um, still been happening. It would have still been happening like like me. Right. I spoke Friday. Now I'm, I have five interviews today and this is going to continue on for the foreseeable future because this is a real situation for me. It's real to me because of what happened. And it's been really funny to see, you know, when when these individuals weaponize their platforms, essentially, by by making me the bad guy. And then I was flooded with hundreds, if not thousands of DMs and comments of you're a snake, you're a horrible human being. I hope you fail at life, like the most disgusting, vile things you can say to another human being. And none of them knew the truth because they essentially lied to their fan bases. And if you're not telling 100% of the truth, Ben, you're lying. Yeah. If you're telling 47% of the truth, you're lying. It's either 100% of the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, or you're lying. Yeah. If Even if not, yeah, like just even if 99% of what you're saying Correct. is true, but 1% is a lie, you are still lying. Well, exactly. but that's, but going back to this situation, Ben, it's like, you know, oh, he used me. Okay. Well, what did he do for you? That wasn't mentioned at all, that the mention of all the emails that I've written, the decks that I've helped build, the, the conversations that I've led, the editing that I've done, the introductions that I've made, the driving you around for months when your car was still in Miami, the taking you to the DMV to help you get your license. Who goes to the DMV on purpose when it's not for them? <laughs> right? Nobody. Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you're selectively telling a story, you know, that's not the truth. And, you know, they call it the ugly truth because frankly, you know, like my ugly truth, I made a mistake on the talent agency act. That is a fact. And I own that. That's my accountability for this situation, but that does not discredit or take away all the time and effort and work that I put in for all these individuals. And once again, I didn't make a whole lot of money as a quote unquote manager. So like, once again, if I don't have an agreement with you, uh, I can't technically like real be your manager because we don't have an agreement. And if you were ever upset about anything that we ever did, there's the door. Well, Walk not away. Only, not only is there's the door, but if you are like, if, if you were my, my talent manager and you were working, you were doing things for me, whether I was paying you a lot or paying you a little, and you did something that I had a problem with. If I didn't tell you I had a problem with it, that's more my fault than yours. 1000%. That's more my fault than yours because I should have spoken up and said something that I had the issue with. The fact Correct. that I would not have said anything and went along with it anyway, that puts me at fault. Correct. More and and I want to be clear else. that there, there are people out in the space who, who have a retainer almost of you got to pay me X a month regardless, and then I'll get a percentage on top of stuff. I wasn't getting paid unless there was a project that I was working on and finalizing and money came through. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if money isn't coming through, I don't get paid, but it's an investment for me. I think managers get completely shit on, excuse my French, because people just don't appreciate them. They don't appreciate what they do. They're entitled because they think, oh, if you're my manager, I'm entitled to the hours of time that you're going to dedicate to me. When it's like, 
I just gave you an entire day in Malibu where I drove two hours there with traffic. I sat with you through an entire photo shoot and I was there for you to hold your bag, hold your towel, Mm -hmm. uh, compliment you, gas you up, like make you feel good and protect you from a potentially, you know, awful situation if it were to come to that, but it didn't, but it's just a point. Like you just take that for granted, you know, Ben, I appreciate you giving me the time to talk to you today because you're giving me your time as I'm giving you your, you know, my time. So it's frustrating because those little elements where it's like, if I, I talked to a friend the other uh, yesterday for like 30, 40 minutes on the phone. And I ended the call. I was like, you know, love you, bro. Appreciate you. And thanks for your time. Because he just gave me 40 minutes of his time, which is money. Time is money. They say that for eons because it's true. Yeah. I could have spent that entire day doing something else and making money, but I decided to be there for you in that moment and protect you and, and champion you for that. Right. I always wanted to be a person in people's lives that they always knew that, oh my gosh, you know, Brad always has my back no matter what. He he's gonna be there for me personally or professionally. Like most managers, quote unquote, aren't as hands-on as I am in a sense that. If you need to talk about how this girl doesn't like you and how heartbroken you are and whatever for three hours on a FaceTime, I'm there for you to do that. You yeah, know? Whereas, whereas most managers would be yeah. like, well, this is not business related. So we're going to do this another time. Correct. But once yeah. again, that goes back to at its core of this situation, me being friends with these individuals. So that that's where I just like, it's so convenient how everybody just forgets those things. And, you know, uh, I mean, I, I sent the rap a Google Drive folder that had hundreds of screenshots of text, DMs, emails, invoices, bank transactions, et cetera. And, you know, there's been a lot of discourse on social media that's like, oh, well, why did he take four months to respond to this misconduct? Well, because people are going to look for any little thing to nitpick or well, to correct, use but, a, on but the story. Ben, my, my, my issue with that is like, where is your empathy? Like, yeah. I, I want to throw it to you, Ben. Imagine waking up today and we have a great day. And then tomorrow you wake up and your entire life is destroyed. I want I, you to, I want you to like sit in that for a hot minute and tell me what it would be like where you wake up, your reputation's shot, your credibility's shot, everything that you've worked for has been shit on, excuse my French. And then your friends have abandoned you out of their own personal gain or even jumping on the hype train to, to get their 15 seconds of fame for themselves. Like, I want you to really like own that moment because that is a unique version of hell that I, I, one, I hope I never experience again. And two, I don't want anybody to ever experience it. No. Cause I can tell you right now, if I were ever facing that situation for starters, I would never get out of bed. I That's, get that out was of, me. I would not get out of bed because I wouldn't want to face it. And, that was me. Uh, you know, and I and I for one of the things more than anything else, I applaud you for the fact that because of that situation, because you're right, I can't imagine anybody going through that situation, um, not even the business aspect of it, but the this the personal aspect of everything that you've been going through, the fact that you are out there now and you're giving these interviews and you're telling your side of the story and you're having these conversations like that's more strength than a lot of people possibly even have to do. But at the same time, the fact that you were out there and you were doing this and you were telling your side of the story, I think proves to me and should prove to my listeners and other people out there, the fact of how connected you did feel with these people. Because if you were just a business manager and there was no friendship, there was no personal connection at any point, most any other manager that was in that situation probably would just completely write it off. 
Correct. And, and, and would move on with their career because there's other people out there that they can manage that would pay them the money that they need to do the job that they're doing. Yeah. And, and then that's it. And, and what, what's interesting to me too, is like, you know, why they're upset now that I'm speaking, you know, I, I didn't come at them. I didn't start this. They started this when they began to send emails, they started this when they got involved in this, this hit piece. Um, and then I don't know what they expected me to do. Just sit back and let my life and everything that I've worked for my name, my credibility, my reputation get mm. completely destroyed, uh, over something that frankly could have been handled behind the scenes as a simple discussion, uh, been ham- handled amicably and professionally, but none of that happened. Like it was just a, a behind the scenes, quiet, 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 cut you off ghost. And then I get hit in the mouth with a, with a journalist who frankly, you know, really didn't want to hear my side of the story or tell my side of the story. And I think that's proven by looking at the piece that just came out on NikkiSwift.com, where I have all the evidence that's there. I give tremendous context and they had all of that. So, you know, it's, it's hard to, for me to understand, like, you know, saying it's an investigative piece when you don't show all the evidence or you don't say all the facts. And I I think you also kind of hit the nail on the head at one point in that, uh, in that whole point that you were making too, is that this was something that could have been done behind the scenes. This was something that didn't have to be public. The fact that it was made public screams at me. This is attention. Correct. This is why they were doing it. Correct. I mean, I've I I had a situation not too long ago, and I hate using my real life experiences to kind of compare to it, but like I had a situation where I ordered food from a restaurant that I I've ordered food from a bunch of times. There was something that was wrong with the food that actually, when I thought about it, was not their fault. It was a distributor situation, not yeah. a restaurant situation. And because I'm I'm a fan of this place, I could have screamed at them on Facebook and tagged them in it. Like, how because like, why did you do this? Like, this yeah. is horrible. Instead, I messaged them privately and we discussed and they corrected the situation. And I've eaten there five times since then. Correct. You know, I because mean- it could be done in it could be done privately yeah and you know i i i want people to understand that that unique version of hell is something that i i i truly wouldn't wish on anyone and i think people need to have a little bit more empathy and understanding because you know at, at this point people who were outspoken when the first article come out cuz like we said like nobody's going to stand in line and, and cheer you on but the second one negative thing is said about you everyone thinks back to let me try to find one single moment where Brad wasn't as excited yeah. or didn't treat me the way I wanted to be treated or whatever and then they throw that into the mix and that once again is is not it's just not real life do do I deserve to have my life completely destroyed because you know, you think I used you when in reality, it was a collaboration where both sides used each other and we won together. We both benefited in some way, shape or form. You know, if you're asking me to to write an email for you, I'm taking time out of my day to articulate what needs to be articulated and then send it to a brand. You send the email that I wrote to a brand. Okay. That is value that I gave you. And what did I gain from that? Nothing. But that's the thing. It's like, I, at my core, I'll help everyone. I, I, my mom literally would give me her last dime, the shirt off her back. She, she's the most generous person ever. And literally that's why I am the way I am today. And this attack on my credibility, my reputation and my character, uh, is something that like, once again, I didn't know what they expected. If they just expected to come at me and say all these things and me to just sit back and not say anything, but that's not how it works. You know, I, I, the, the analogy that I have is like, 
you guys batted in the top of the ninth. Now I'm at bat in the bottom of the ninth and then the game will be over. Like yeah. the conversation's done. Like this isn't a back and forth. I really just want to clear up whatever uh, things that they decided not to add into the story because it wasn't the full truth. And I want to clear the the issues and, and whatever uh, misconceptions are, are still in the air because I am not the person that they are trying to desperately paint me as. I make mistakes and that's clear with the Talent Agency Act. And I fully own that. But once again, like even me not being licensed, you know, what kind of person is making money off of people when they're not licensed? That's insinuating that I made money off of you and I provided no value in return. Mm -hmm. And we know that's not the case. So like, you know, that that's a very, once again, desperate narrative. And like, you know, I'm a, I'm a person of accountability and, and I am, I make mistakes, but my mistakes are not with intent to hurt, harm, injure, or use other people. And, you know, I, I spent a bit of time the other day looking through like my content over the last, I don't know, month two prior to me being offline. And I was looking at this content. I was like, this content is in purpose of others. This content is in purpose to inspire or help or guide others. I'm very selfless and in my content and my brand and who I am, like uh, my message, like that's who I am. That's who I've always been. And it was crazy to see one crap article blow up my entire life. Yeah. And, and kind and, of just tear everything and, down. And, and one article that didn't provide any evidence to any of the things that they said, like, like hearsay 101, where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, he did this and he did that. Where's your proof? Yeah. Show me anything. And I they, mean, it, it sounds to me like one person got the idea of getting a little attention by throwing you under the bus and all these people that were friends with him who also knew you decided they also wanted a ride. Well, and, and to be fair, that person was mad. And it started because I had a FaceTime conversation with him, which I'm sure wasn't pleasant. I, I was upset because he was very arrogant and very entitled on this call. Mm -hmm. And I flat out told him, take away your social media following. What are you? And which, when I, which is a harsh reality to have to face. Then straight up, man, it was like, yeah. you could hear a pin drop on the other side of the phone. And I'm sure he didn't like to hear that, but that was the reality because I care about this kid and I want to be honest. I'm not a yes man. I'm not an enabler. And I'm not going to sit back here and gas you up to delusional levels when that's not real life. So for me, I just sit here and I'm like, hey, you know, this is the truth. So if you want to surround yourself with people that just gas you up to the point of delusions, go right ahead. I'm not that person. And I'm clearly, I wasn't meant for Matt at that capacity, but like at the end of the day, at its core, my feedback was only to try to help him because going down a path of arrogance and entitlement and, you know, borderline narcissism, like it's not healthy and it's not good mm -hmm. and it's, it's dangerous. And I just try to help him like the, the grandiosity and, and the validation seeking, like He's a young kid. He has a lot of life to live and he has a bright future ahead of him. And I try to prevent him from doing something that was detrimental, not only to himself, but others. And, you know, he didn't like it and he wanted to prove how powerful he was. And he did, you know, in that instant of, you know, he knocked me down, but now I'm back up and I'm here to clear the record straight. And at the end of the day, Matt's talented, Taya's talented, Straw Hat's talented, Charmian's talented, and Boss Logic's talented. And I wish them all the best. Uh, this was, this whole situation was unnecessary. And, you know, the attention that they wanted, uh, I don't know if they got it, but you know, it lasted for two days, three days, and my life was completely destroyed. And now I'm back to to clear the air and show evidence and show that it's not exactly how they wanted to to make it out to be. But 
you know, once again, my error in the talent agency act, I've admitted to that they are correct, but that was never an issue when I was working with them because of all the value and things that I was doing for them, mm-hmm. like 24 seven around the, around the clock service of, of everything. I wasn't even paid for most of it. Um, because that's an investment. Like I only want to work with people I care about. So like, I'm going to invest and hope that, you know, maybe we have a relationship for 10 years, but it has to start somewhere. But that's why, you know, contracts do exist where managers have sunset clauses, which are put in place when, it, when the relationship does end, the manager is compensated for the next three to five years on a declining percentage because of all the foundational building that they did. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are everyone in this, this situation is doing well for themselves. And I, you know, I'm not taking full credit for that, but I was a big part of it. And, you know, I, I'm not a, a grandiose guy who needs, I need all the credit. It's all me or nothing, but like to say I wasn't involved is just completely false and, and disrespectful to the time and effort that I put in and my impact on them, both personally and professionally, you know, Matt's mom sent me a DM and was like, thank you for everything you do for Matthew. Thank you for everything you teach Matthew. And thank you for being there for him. You're a spectacular human being and may God bless you always. I have this DM. I screenshotted it. But yet it wasn't mentioned in the article. No, but yeah. but in the article, it doesn't talk about how much I did for Matt, right? But in that DM from his mother, she's flat out saying, thank you for all you do. Thank you for everything you teach. And thank you for being there for him for your time. So it, it's glad, you know, I'm glad to see that Matt's mom saw that. And I, I adored Matt's mom. I was very close to her. And um, just this situation, like, you know, you know, receipts are are there for a reason. And I brought the screenshots of everything to, to really give much needed context to a situation that was highly lacking. Um, and I'm not here to bash or anything. I just want to move on with my life. And when Matt and his friends cut me off in November, that's all I did. I pivoted and I moved on with me and my life. I didn't reach out to them. I blocked them. I cut them off. I moved on. You want to leave my life. You don't want to be a part of my life. You don't want me in your life. Okay, go live your life. Like, I'm not going to stop you. Like I take the high road, man. Like straight up, Ben, I sent a deal to Matt, to Straw Hat Goofy, at the end of last year, I initiated that. I sent it their way. I threw their name out to an agency. They loved the idea and I got them an opportunity. Now, the evidence is there to prove that. Matt probably doesn't know about it, but I sent him a deal after he cut me off because that's me taking the high road, mm-hmm. okay? I, I can lay my head down at night and my conscience is clear because I know I didn't do anything intentionally to hurt these people. You know, that's just not who I am. Yeah. But me sending a deal to Matt and Straw Hat Goofy, who executed the deal and promoted the TV show at the start of this year, and I'm assuming they got paid um, because that was a paid gig, that came from me. You know, Blast Logic over the years, I haven't talked to him in three years. I wish him nothing but the best. But over the last three years, I have sent businesses away. Studios have reached out to me and they have said, oh, what's up with Boss Logic? Da 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 da. And I've said, here's his email. Knock yourself out. Have a blast. Good luck. That's it. When I could have, when I could have said, boom, drop the hammer and said all these nasty things. But if somebody asked me personally behind the scenes, how my experience was, I'm just stating facts and being honest, you know, my opinions and my facts that back them up is not slander. Slander is something that is false. So we need to be very clear. If someone's talking shit, but it's based in fact and reality, that's not slander. But like, you know, if you don't like a movie, you don't like the movie and you're going to say why, but that's not slander. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's like, 
you can't please everybody. And that's the last thing I'll say as we wrap up is like, it's impossible to please everybody. Even as much as you try, you are going to fail. And And you have to understand that. And if you don't learn that lesson quickly, yeah, you will never be satisfied. Correct. But, but if you're searching for reasons to, to hate on someone, to, to call someone out, to jump on a bandwagon, it, it's, a, it's pathetic and you need to really devote your time to something else because like all we got is the future, man. Like, you know, it, it's, it is, you know, like I said, I'm not a perfect person, but I don't hurt, harm or injure anyone. And my track record and reputation that existed prior to this um, was, was great. And, and it, I'm and sure it speaks volumes more than what this article says. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's one article and uh, it's an article that provided no evidence or context of any kind. And, you know, uh, once again, whatever they want to come back with and stuff, I'm not, I'm not trying to, Oh, your turn, your turn. That's not what I'm doing. I'm here to say my piece. I think they're all very talented. I all, I think they all have very bright futures and I wish them all the best, but like this shouldn't have happened. It was unnecessary. If they had grievances, they should have said something to me and they should have said something when it was relevant, not years later. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's just like, you know, I can go back in time too and say, Oh man, five years ago, this happened. But like, I've done so much free work in my life. It would make your teeth rattle, but that's just the situation of, of life. Like you got to take opportunities. If you don't want to do free work, don't do free work. Exactly. If you don't want to collaborate with someone for the sake of building a project together or shooting together or whatever, don't do it. Like, but you can't look back and then be like, Oh, wait a second, you know, three years ago, like, give me a break. You know, it's, and it doesn't take you years to figure out that somebody's using you. Yeah. And and, like, and like and as I mentioned earlier too, like if you go that long without speaking up, then the fault shifts to you. Correct. It's, it's your fault that you didn't say anything at the time. Well, even even if you did do something wrong and there was something wrong that you did that they had an issue with, correct? If they didn't speak up at that time, then the fault shifts to them. Correct. And it's now their fault for not speaking up. Correct. But I want to be very clear. Once again, there was five people in this article. I only had contract with one person, and that was three years ago, and I haven't talked to them since. And everybody else, I didn't even work with Charmian Lee. I didn't work with Straw Hat Goofy. I barely worked with Taya and I worked with Matt. And both of those people didn't have contracts with me. So ultimately, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like the two people shouldn't even been involved in the article. The other one really had nothing to say, but decided to chime in. And, and Taya literally, like she was anonymous in the article, but when the article came out, she essentially like, started a Twitter account, announced that she was the anonymous victim in this article and used the wave and the hype in those three days to blow up her Twitter platform. Yeah, it was it was an attention scheme. I it mean, was, it was a way for like, them. It was dude. a way for them to get additional attention to yeah. their to their product. I, and, and and I'm sitting I'm sitting here, Ben. Last thing, I'm sitting here and I'm watching this unfold. I'm watching my life get burned to the ground. And I have forty thousand followers, which is pretty good, but it's not going to compete with the likes of you know millions and millions of followers. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing for me to say. That was a losing battle, which is why I didn't say anything. So the last four months, it was me trying to get back to somewhat of a healthy place mentally and physically, and then trying to figure out, okay, now I have to amplify my voice, which is what I'm doing. And here we are. So, you know, I had to, I was, I was in suicide's door, man. You know, and I totally get that because when you put the situation on me and I had to put myself in that situation, I'll be honest with you, my brain started going that direction. I mean, I never considered 
be, ever Me going either. that route. Me either. But when you put yourself in that situation, it really is almost a life ending situation. Yeah, but but uh, we're talking about accountability here, right? Now, if I if I stole hundreds of thousands of dollars and I did all this awful illegal shit, that's one thing. But like, I'm. I am not financially stable, even at 33 in Los Angeles. I mean, it's a hard place to be successful here. I was very much entering a, a year I thought would be my breakthrough year, and I was going to kind of explode and, and have my moment and very exciting stuff for 22. And then this happened, and I lost everything. I went next to zero. Um, you know, but they say, you know, when you're at rock bottom is only up from here. And, and I plan on that. I mean, you know, once again, like these, these people who want to complain and, and talk and stuff like that, it's like, you know, there, there's, at the time you were over the moon, you were happy, you were excited, you were grateful. And now three years later, two years later, one year later, whatever, you just can't be mad about it. That That's not how it works. If you choose to do something, no one had a gun to your head and forced you to be a part of a collaboration. No one uh, signed a contract on your behalf and forced you to do something. At the end of the day, we're all adults and we make our own decisions and you have to live with your decisions. Mm -hmm. So like, that's it. So like, we've all done stuff that we regret. If you regret that stuff, good. That's on you, but that's not my problem. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I, from everything we've talked about over this past hour plus conversation, you seem like an amazing dude. Thanks. So ben. I don't, I, I, you know, again, it's one side of the story, but I've read the other side of the story for, for the most part, I got the summarized version of it, but I really don't think I need to read more of it because as you said, the wit, the evidence is not there. You have the evidence. So I'm, I mean, I feel like, even regardless of anything, the fact that you are out here now, you're putting your word out there and you're using it as a means to just, as you said, not to punch back, no. but more to just end the fight, move on with your life. I applaud you for stepping up and doing that. Thanks, Ben. Um, and I, I really appreciate, i be honest with you, I didn't know where this was going to go before I had you on because I've never done anything like this on this podcast before. But I'm actually really happy that I had you on because oh, thank you, man. this has been incredibly engaging. And It's been a great conversation with you. And, and I, I just want to implore like just empathy, man, kindness and and let, let let's yeah, all look in the yeah. mirror a little bit and and look at our actions and our behavior and how we're behaving towards ourselves as well as others because like that we we all need to take a step back at times and see what we're doing because if everything's on fire around us I think we need to stop blaming everybody else and occasionally look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing to contribute to this? Um, and we're all at fault sometimes. And once again, I've, I've taken accountability for, for my errors and my mistakes in this situation, but that error does not warrant me losing everything that I've ever worked for. Well, and, you even, know? and even just the fact that you, you just said it, like the fact that you stepped up and you took responsibility for the things that you knew you were wrong about yeah. when the other side has taken no blame as to anything and puts the blame completely on you. Nobody is ever 100% blameless in a situation. Never. Correct. It's Correct. one of the reasons why they say there's one side, there's the other side, and then there's the truth. Correct. Because there's all, everybody shares a little, at least a 1% hundred percent, hundred percent that they are not admitting any of it. That screams volumes to me about the immaturity. And I mean, look, and, dude, and like I said, I, I want them to be happy and successful moving forward. I put out a tweet yesterday and said, I don't condone any hate or, or, you know, shit being thrown their way right now. 
uh, because a lot of the fans are mad because they were lied to and, and they came at me super hard. And a lot of them were like, I feel really bad because I was really hard on Brad and they were, and a lot of them had DM me and commented to me and apologized. Uh, and I'm grateful for that. But once again, this isn't like a, I'm not throwing it back at them. Like, Ooh, time for you to respond. Like, I just want to move on with my life. You, it, you know, you, you, you guys are talented. You guys have bright futures, do your thing, but like you guys started this and now I'm closing the the loop of the conversation and I'm, I'm, I just want to move on. That's yeah. it. And I, I wish them all the best. I, I truly believe they're all really talented and have bright futures. Um, but like, you know, live your life. I'm living mine. I haven't engaged. I haven't reached out. Uh, and that was me saying like, I'm done. So like, good luck. And, and I wish you the best, but this, this is, I'm not a confrontational person. I'm not a combative person. I'm not out there trying to destroy people. That, that is not who I am. I'm, I'm someone who's out there trying to elevate as many people as possible along my journey. And I, uh, everything that I've done up to this point has, has proven that. And it's funny, almost a year to the day that the hit piece came out, um, I had an article written in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I don't know if you read it, but it, it says, meet Brad Lambert, the Hollywood talent manager that makes dreams come true. And in that article, it had about four people who have collectively known Brad Lambert for almost 50 years. That's five zero. Um, and I'm 33. So that tells you the people in that article have known me for a very long time. Yes. Um, yeah. And then the people in this article have collectively known me for like four maybe five. Yeah. So like you're looking at a drastic difference and, and people who have known me personally and professionally for a very long time. And, you know, in a span of a year, it was very interesting to see how, how quick life changes and, and, you know, people who are listening out there, you know, uh, we've all heard the saying along the lines of, you know, it could all be gone tomorrow. And, and that is not a hypothetical for me anymore. And I've experienced it. And, uh, you know, I was already grateful before for everything that I had, but now it's like, you know, the littlest things, man, it's just like, I miss and I want it back. And I want to get back to what I was doing and continue to evolve and grow along this journey. But, you know, it, it just, uh, it's unfortunate. It, this whole thing happened the way it did. And, um, you know, I, I apologize for, you know, whatever part in it that I did to, to get any, you know, upset feelings or discourse or whatever, but I, I just, you know, I, I wish there would have been a conversation that would have been had instead of reacting in this way. Um, but once again, wish them all the best. I, I hope they have successful and happy lives personally and professionally. And I'm just trying to get back to my life, man. That that's yeah. it. Well, I mean, as I said, like the fact that you've, you've used this opportunity basically to close the door instead of hit back, yeah. move on your life, move on with your life, as you said, and wish them all the best. I mean, that's, uh, that's the high road if I've ever seen it before. So, uh, I, I applaud you for that. And I, I that takes a ton of strength. And like, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing Thanks, the story. I know we kind of talked neg negatively a little bit about social media, but for those people out there that want to follow you and show you that support, how can they do it? Where, where can they find you? I'm on, uh, every platform at Brad R Lambert. Um, you know, uh, get, check me out, give me a follow. Uh, I, I try to use my platform to inspire and, and put out positivity because, the world is uh, as negative and as hateful as ever. Uh, and I, I certainly am not trying to add to it. So uh, everybody who's listening, I would just say like, go out today and, and be nice to somebody just because you can uh, put out a positive message and, you know, kindness is contagious. Pay so, it forward. I mean, pay that's, it forward. Yeah, that's right. Three, three words. I've, I've tried to 
to do. And, you know, yeah. I, whenever I find the opportunity. And, and Ben, straight up, man, like I, I've been producing a, a reality TV show behind the scenes for the last few years. And at its core, this, this show is built on uh, bringing happiness to people who need it the most. Um, and that's the purpose of the show. So, you know, that's who I am to a T. Like, this is something I've been working on for the last three to four years. So, like, you know, I, I don't know what further proof I need to exude and show that, you know, this is who I am. But, like, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm working on. And yeah. and, and the purpose of the show is to inspire others and hopefully get other people to, to be kind and, and make impacts, positive impacts in uh, other people's lives. Um, so, like, you know, I, I just go out there and, and, and have a positive you know, impact on someone today because life's too freaking short and uh, we all can do a little better, myself included. Yeah. Well, uh, Brad, again, this has been so engaging. And again, I'm so happy that I actually had you on and we had Thanks, this conversation. Uh, you are welcome back anytime, whether it's that. just to chat or you want to promote something, you are welcome back at Thanks, any time. Um, and to all the listeners out there, uh, I encourage you to follow Brad, Brad R. Lambert on all the social media platforms. Show him some love, show him some support for the situation. Uh, Brad, thanks again. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys on another uh, Wilhelm Spotlight or another episode of Wilhelm. Wilhelm.